Shut up, I love it. And now, coming to the stage on this open mic, we have Butt Kiss. Dude Fart, Shut Up, I Love It. This is Joe Cabello, and this is Shut Up, I Love It, obviously. And I'm here with the incredible Sasha Feiler. And Shut Up, I Love It is a podcast when we invite a very special guest to discuss something underrated, underappreciated, misunderstood hate it in some circles despised mm. all kinds of stuff like we bring it all to us this is the safe space to do this joining us today he needs requires no introduction his name is cram dollopson welcome cram uh welcome you too and uh, i know they i know this is a podcast but i i brought just because of the topic a little fun police badge so uh you know, that'll make sense later to those listening, though, if you want to describe that, Joe, this. Uh... Right. Yeah. So on the camera, he's got what looks like to be actually a someone's real uh, bad police badge, which I'm, don't, I don't know if you have a history in law enforcement, but then there's <laughs> masking tape over it with written <laughs> fun. On uh, it. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that would be uh, a fun way to kind of launch into uh, what I'm here to talk about, which is risky comedy. It's a good platform. Podcasts are known for their risky comedy. You have uh, Tom Dillon, Tim Dillon, or whoever he is doing some risky comedy on his podcast, Bill Burr. I think this is the great, a great place to uh, tread those waters. And I, um, in my, my own life, I'm a super fan of uh, risky comedy, but I also understand that the world has changed and... Um, Gosh, I'll let you guys, you know what? I'm so used to kind of running the show as an entrepreneur. I am going to send it back over to you so that I don't try to like steamroll this whole thing. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, I'm interested to know what risky comedy means to you too, given the fact that I think there was always risky comedy. It's just what was risky has changed over the, the years. You know, what is completely normal nowadays was perhaps risky comedy 40 years ago. 100%. And I think a lot of it, and, and this will make sense in the bigger picture as we move forward, but a lot of it to me is risky comedy. Uh, it plays into uh, the theory of the benign violation theory of comedy, uh, which I, I don't know if you two are aware of this benign violation theory of comedy. No, not, not, not scholars per se. Yeah. Well, I have become one. I was not a comedy scholar. I am one now. So um, when you're talking about risky comedy, um, there is a theory out there that for anything to even be funny, there must be a benign violation, which means that the audience must feel a little bit at risk. However, they cannot feel in peril. It has to be benign. So you are challenging the audience, but they do not feel like you wish them harm. Um, and if you can walk that fine line, then you have an edgy act. And if you uh, undersell, then sometimes you can come off as a little toothless. And if you overdo it, you come off as selfish and not caring about the needs of the people you're performing for. Um, so that is kind of, uh, I've used this theory as the centerpiece of uh, my business. I don't know if I should talk about what I do professionally. Uh, if it's related, I think absolutely. Yeah. Yes, Graham, please um, tell us about your business. 
Um, I'm going to tell you about my business, but to tell you about my business, I have to tell you a story <laughs> Please. of the uh, day that changed my life. And to tell that story, you need to know a little bit about cram dollars. Um, uh, growing up, I wouldn't call myself a class clown because I think people thought my comedy was smarter than that. <laughs> but I was always uh, the funny person in middle school, high school, my fraternity, um, the various businesses that I started, I would always really just chop it up. That was kind of my reputation. And you two, as professional comics and writers, you know there are many people like me who deep down feel like if they were on the stage, that they would yeah. obviously excel based on their life experience. Oh, I, it's, mm -hmm. it's a very common um, type, should I say, not to put you in any type cram because you stand outside a type i'm sure yeah. but yes there's definitely a type of a person who thinks i have a book in me if you only put me on stage i'm gonna seal the show so i i just just right right away i would like to ask you so say you are in the middle school in middle school and during the class and you make a joke do people laugh do you get response or is it all kind of um in your head well that's such an interesting question um in my recollection, mm -hmm. um, yes, there were laughs, but especially in elementary and middle school, I always felt like people responded like that person made me think, oh. you know, like good, okay. risky, edgy comedy. Like sometimes there would be a vocal response, but almost always I could see the gears shifting in my <laughs> classmates. Like this person is is taking the hard line here, you know, the, 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 they're taking risk. And uh, for me, that has always been more satisfying. I love that. And is there, is there an example? I know it's hard to bring, you know, remember something. Yeah, so long ago, but age. yeah, there must be something. If this was so formative, I'm sure there was like one, one joke. Um, I can, I will tell you what I feel like was my preeminent moment in comedy as a, as a child. Please. Um, which was, I was uh, a freshman in high school. Uh, there was a big, um, the, the, you know, when everyone comes into the auditorium, like the entire school had been brought in. I was in a small Catholic school. And uh, we had found out uh, that day that a, a favored priest of ours that taught uh, physics and some of the other sciences, he was retiring early. Uh, because he was dealing with um, some, some I, I guess now it would be called GERD, some gastrointestinal issues. Oh, gosh. I, I thought not, something Not was. where I thought it was going, yeah, no, but glad. No, yeah. um, well, again, he was there at the time, and it was sort of, it was, yeah. it was kind of, again, a small school. And um, uh, uh, Father Martini was his name. He went Father up. Father Martini. And mm -hmm. was sort of saying goodbye, a beloved priest in the school. And, you know, it was this incredibly awkward moment where he had a little bit of gas in his throat. Um, like, not a, he didn't belch as much as that thing that happens when... Uh, so, it like, just, it just makes a sound, but it doesn't escape. Is that what you're describing? Yeah, you know exactly what I'm saying. It's like a, like a little thing like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously this is an incredibly tense moment. And this mm -hmm. man who's dedicated his life to education is finding that he has to find something new to do. So, like, it's this dangerous moment. And I, from about 10 rows back, uh, just yell out, and that's a spicy meatball. So uh -huh. got a big reaction. Um, 
Right. And did you have like a, that's, that's fun for a kid. Do you have an example of like the, one of the jokes you said that maybe made the kids think? Oh, so you're thinking of one of the thinkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause that's obviously that's an just example like a quote. Of you're, ki- that, you're killing it. Almost. Just, just so you know, I'm not sure. Cause it's been so long as you guys can see, I'm 64 years old. Oh yeah. And if it's an unfair question to bring up, like have to no, no, that. I totally my point is, it. I don't know if that's a spice and meatball was a thing yet. Uh-huh. When I was a freshman, and, and do you understand? Like, I'm not saying anyone stole it from me, but, you but I'm saying that I didn't steal it from anybody else. Do you know what okay. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I I had a friend one time who thought he created the expression "Elvis left the building," and he had strong feelings about That's it. That's really sad. The, the question I'd ask that person is: maybe he said it when Elvis was six years old. <laughs> You know, like, how do we know? I'm just saying there's a lot of this, you know, now that comedy is my business, which it never was before six months ago, mm-hmm. I also see a lot of this, like, taking ownership, you know, like, um, to, to your point, Joe, there have been a number of times in my life where I'm pretty sure I in, I created something that many years later became sort of uh, part of the zeitgeist. Like, know? like what? Um. Okay, perfect example. iPhone. Um, I was at an Italian restaurant. I'm Italian, by the way. That's why a lot of these stories are like this. And we were out. um, It's sort of a tragic, now that I think about it, it's a tragic story. Uh, uh, Maria Elena, who was a neighbor of ours, uh, her husband had just died in a mining accident. Um, I just noticed you you had a little flinch there. Yeah. You know, it's a sense member. Sometimes the things that, uh, the moments that move you, Make you um, also. He had died in a mining accident. We had taken her to dinner after the funeral um, to a place called Fellini's mm-hmm. and uh, very tense. And she was sort of, she was not from, uh, she was from Gubbio, Italy. So she didn't speak very good English. And she was uh, trying to uh, kind of express her feelings, but it really wasn't uh, where she was from as a person from the old country. And thankfully they started delivering our meals. You know, like it was a really good break because it was super tense. And I had ordered the veal piccata. I remember this because mm. I, I thought it had an exotic name. <laughs> and when it came, um, very little, like it was almost all peppers and tomatoes. And uh, again, in this moment where we're all feeling very tense, I just went, where's the veal? Mm. And if you know, there was a famous thing that happened in a Wendy's commercial almost 15 years later, which was, where's the beef? You know, the Clara Peller, um, actress Clara Peller had done where's the beef. But well before that, I had said, where's the veal? So you can see, I mean, both are meats, both are cows. One's a baby calf and one's a full grown cow. It is both, it is kind of lowest common denominator. Not to, I mean, you were a kid when you said it. I'm just, it, that doesn't seem like a thinker to me, but. I want to move on from these examples. You're looking for one of these thinkers. Um, well, well, because, yeah, if you have one handy, certainly, but I, I do want to, that was when you, when you were I do kid, have one more story. Uh, Joe, Joe, and I appreciate you holding me accountable because that's what I do with my employees. Mm. I'm like, if I make <laughs> Still a Still want to hear then, about that business. Yes. Because this business, uh, Safe Mike will blow your minds when you hear how we are revolutionizing mm-hmm. comedy. But I do want to mm-hmm. deliver Joe this story. Um, sixth grade. Thomas Richards Elementary School. 
clothing drive. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I should mention this clothing drive was um, for a neighborhood um, near our school that was incredibly impoverished and there had just been a fire. So okay. there was, tragic. A, tragic. was a sad situation. You know, mm -hmm. this is where risky comedy often comes in when it's like, is this the time to make this joke? Is this the thinker now? Well, Do we and need this my movie? answer is already no for the story with Bill Picata. Like well, I, I actually I thought, out. yeah, the the veal you would make a joke maybe about her husband or or something like that, but not in a bad way, right? In the I, I'm just trying to release tension benignly, yeah. benignly. Um, okay, but yeah. yeah, continue on with this clothing. Again, a drive. benign violation. It's it's a little too much for the time. So um, we were asked to bring in clothes for the for many children who had lost their homes. Some of them had lost siblings and parents. In this, this was a terrible right. fire. And uh, we all put our clothes up there. And then uh, Mr. Sharp was going through the items when he pulls out <laughs> the item I brought, which was a, uh, a jock strap, which um, a jock strap I had worn uh, playing soccer. Remind and me what's a jock strap for a foreigner like myself. It's <clears throat> it keeps the cup on. Joe, do you want to explain? Or? Yeah. So, you know, you wear a hard cup to protect your uh, penis and balls. Penis. Yes. The jock strap is like a uh, partial underwear just meant to clamp the cup. To secure that you. cup. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. But not acting as a full underwear. So um, your rear end is often completely exposed like a lingerie. So, so much to learn. Um, yeah. Also, I do feel like you move better a little bit. There's uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a jock strap or athletic supporter. Sometimes it's called. Mm. Um and Mr. Sharp was very upset. You know, obviously we're collecting clothing for these very, people who are in, in great distress, but you know, sometimes that's the moment we need that laugh, you know? And he held it up in the air and he said, whose is this? And I stood up and he goes, what's the meaning of this, Cram? And I said, pardon me, Mr. Sharp, my cup runneth over. So that's a thinker. That, you know, I actually I like this kinda, one. I like that, and I think even just bringing the cup to the clothing drive, or not the cup, but the um, the jockstrap, is subversive and funny on its own. It's what I've been doing my whole life. You know, I, I did like again. You two are professionals. You two have writing credits. You two have published. I am not a comedian, but it is what I've been doing my whole life. Is sort of walking this line, and I know now things are different, and um. I'll take you to a story, and I know I'm sort of in a story time. This business, which is only six months old and is doing wildly well, uh, the best business I've ever started. See? I I want to hear about this business. Yeah, I think we got to get to the business. You know, I I think you'll get to your story. They will. Do you, do you need to tell your story, or do you want to get to the business? Because we this definitely story need to know will that. Lead perfectly into the. I, I hope so. We have so a far. format here. But trust me, Joe, this story, um, it's a game changer. I was running a Got different it. business where it was sort of, um, it was, uh, it dealt with industrial medical waste. I won't go into any more than that, but it was a fun spin on it. I won't, I won't bore you with the details, but it I dealt with industrial medical waste, but we had a fun spin on how we What's dealt the spin? I mean, what possibly could be a I don't want, fun spin? You know what? Spin. Again, already I'm running long. Let me just say that. In the industrial medical waste industry, people pretty much had one way of doing things, and we found a fun way. So, like that was kind of the business, and it was doing pretty well. Was uh, it, it was safe? Of, the new that? way, the new safe, the new way was safe. 
it was fun. Um, again, the business because it seems like yeah, at the expense of safe fun isn't really valuable because safety when it comes to medical waste is like the most yeah important part. I would say fun for like the stage moments, you know, but it's just yeah. But that's, yeah, we can't way, we can't critique it. It's already done. interesting takes. I'll say this: Can things be fun and safe? Maybe. Like I'm not always sure, but like mm-hmm. I think sometimes you got to chase the fun and find the safe. As opposed to being like, now things are so safe. How do we make them fun? That's a much you. There is I, something to it. You're you're not wrong, but I think in the application of medical waste is maybe a misstep. But you said the the business was successful. It um, was doing so. fine, and like I said, I've been yeah, hitting dingers over the fence, comedy wise, as just a personal, like in my personal life. My employees laughed at everything I did, and we were out celebrating. Um, mm-hmm. We'd recently gotten a contract and we were out celebrating. An open mic happened to be going on at this happy hour. Okay. okay. And they were like, Cram, you got to get up. Cram. You're Your the friends. Person we've Your- ever met. Co workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, co workers. Right, right, right. I, I mean, two of them actually start saying, Cram, Cram. Like, not in unison, but if you thought about, like, they both said it multiple times. They tried. If they had timed it differently, it would have been like a chant. So they just were calling for you, but yeah. I felt like, and you know what, like, I'm going to put my, like, why not? I have been funny my whole life. I've been making people think. And I'll be honest with you all. I went up there, grabbed that microphone with all the confidence that Cram has had his whole life. And I ate a big pile of shit up there. Okay. Right. Not only did I not get laughs, I, and I, and I say this, having learned, I, I offended some people. I had uh, I was a little reckless. I didn't understand. I'm a 64 year old man. The world was changing. Were you 64 years old? I was behind already. Was yeah. I? When was this? Six months ago. Six okay. Months. So wow. this was the the impetus that started it. And yeah. I mean, what you're t- saying is the typical first open mic situation for a lot of people. Not not usually for me. Usually, I'm hitting dingers. Uh, but right? never at an open mic, right? With- hit a dinger. With Not employees, a, it, when it's your employees or, or things like that, it's or you know people in line at Subway, uh, people just line, will classic. laugh, you know. Uh, so it is different when you're you're supposed to deliver, which I'm sure you've learned over the last six months is when people expect you to deliver uh, professional level comedy, even at an open mic. Yeah, and again, I again I have beginner's mind for life. So you have to well, that's, that's nice. I like to see the world with the eyes of a child or bring the wonder, sense of wonder into everything I do if I can, you know, if I can. So I understand. I that. try to look at the world, Sasha, through the eyes of that clever, funny, always front of the line child I grew up in. <laughs> that sounds so like a very annoying person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm look, not going to lie. I was one of those people in class who always had an answer before everybody and I was so fucking annoying to everybody and I knew it and it hurt me. <laughs> so I was the one shaking my hand in the face of a teacher and I still think of that person It's like, Jesus Christ, could she hold back just for a moment? But it sounds like you took that experience into like the front, forefront. I'm, again, and as someone life. who has started many businesses and had a lot of success in my life, uh-huh. um, I left that mic and I had never felt failure like that before, had never felt Mm -hmm. the sting of rejection like that in my life. And I closed down my industrial medical waste business, the one that had the fun way of doing things, shuttered it the next day, uh, sold the assets. And I was like, how do I create an environment 
for people to try to be funny, mm-hmm. try to take risks, but actually risk nothing and find their way to sort of this edginess in a completely safe environment. Welcome to Safe Mike. And, and, and just, I'm so excited to get into Safe Mike, but what, can I just ask what your employees thought of that? Like the next day, shit. Yep. Yeah. We were celebrating the previous night. Mm-hmm. We had gone out to a big crab boil. Like we were having a good time. I paid for it. So and the open next my day, crab they boil. showed up. I was personally shuttering <laughs> this building. Um, I mean, some of them had families. It was definitely like, it, it put them in a, you know, obviously I gave them two weeks, Joe. Like I'm like, I'm like, I have been, I'm an entrepreneur. Like these are people who are loyal to me, but, uh, but I knew there was a bigger picture. And I don't know if either of you as artists have ever been there where you're like, I am serving a greater good. And maybe a couple people need to have to struggle so that I can serve this good of making a safe place specifically for white cisgender comics. Mm to test material. Right. Okay. So it's wait, a safe space is the, so I'm getting a, a sense of the business. Now it is creating a safe space to uh, practice or perform comedy, but it's specifically for white cisgender men. It, like, it to what like degree? That, Joe, it started okay. as it would be for everyone, but those are my, um, I have about a dozen anonymous clients, some very famous, um, and they all, I realized at one point, were straight, middle-aged, white, cisgender men. So I was like, I no. guess that's my business, is giving these people specific... A voice. A voice. A voice. Okay, so it's not purposefully <laughs> segregated. You just found that your audience, your customer base was that. So you're uh, leaning it into was, that. I would have taken money from anyone. I would have... Mm. Uh, in you're fact, I man. aggressively pursued marginalized groups uh, Mm -hmm. to the point of like getting some pretty angry emails. And I was like, I guess these are the people who want this service. You know, that's what a businessman does. Before diving into the safe mic specifics, I am still curious about that experience that, you know, shattered you. First mic experience, open mic experience. What specifically got you upset that you people didn't laugh like what was the reaction and who did you blame for it like what were your takeaways from it well i mean i i have to answer that uh twofold uh the night it happened i blamed that audience you know uh. <laughs> i blamed the alcohol um mm. i don't want to quote shaggy but i was like it wasn't me mm. it's you right. i don't think i'm just quoting him right but it's like i'm like wasn't me I mean, yeah, it wasn't me, is it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it right then, Joe? Okay. Yeah, just not, it, not, it was, and it was you. It's <sighs> just, it wasn't me. So, okay, but I need it to be both. So he doesn't, Shaggy doesn't accuse anyone of doing it? No. No, he just, okay. and it doesn't yeah. need to fit. I mean, I don't know. For me personally, it doesn't need to be the Shaggy quote. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just one of those moments I'm having, Joe, I've been using that shaggy quote when I explained the business and now I'm realizing oh. half of it was a fiction because I thought, I thought oh, shaggy right. accuses someone else to get the heat off him. So he goes, wasn't me. It was Eric. So that doesn't happen in the song. Have you Eric. heard the song? It's been many years and, um, uh, I, I should have listened to it again. I just felt like I knew the song. So I get, I know that sometimes there's happens. no Eric in the song. No. 
No, no accusations. Just did you bring up Eric a lot, Cram? No, I. That's just the name that stuck mm. in my head that Shaggy blamed it. Shaggy. It's all right. You can. You can. I'm take sorry. It. It's embarrassing. Cool. I. I understand that it's embarrassing too. I don't know I'm how many pitches you've done. I don't yeah. want you guys see me cry, but like, I just thought there was an Eric there. I thought there was an Eric in the song. You know, this is a safe space. Okay. Um, okay. I gotta not, be strong not... enough to be vulnerable. That's what I'm learning mm-hmm. because I'm always been a titan of business. Started many businesses. Successful. Mm-hmm. Um, the the point being is, I Sasha, I blamed that audience, and it was a diverse room, and <laughs> it took me some conversations with some good friends, um, and some time to be like, you know what? Actually, you need to catch like how do we create a safe mic where we can speak to people outside of your experience, test some comedy material and get their immediate feedback. So it's not that they're just being assaulted with these jokes. And in fact, they are part of the process of how we can be edgy and be risky in comedy, you know? So my answer now is it was Cram's fault that things went poorly. That's, That's beautiful. Great. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That is a, uh, that is exactly how you should go into the comedy business, uh, figuring it out. And I, I think we have a good sense of what the business's goal is, but I have no idea what it looks like. Like, what are you doing? It. Can you give us just an example of what, I don't know. It, this sounds like a service. So is it like a session um, that you're doing I, with people? I'll tell you what happens. And in fact, I have a surprise for you too, because you are going to, experience it not just hear about it mm. but you know considering uh, i did a little research on both of you and i know joe you are latinx which is great this is what we look for people with a slightly different point of view sasha uh you uh you were born in russia you have a you are a woman uh, these are all things i researched so already two people i'm dealing with who can bring a perspective i don't have and what we're going to do right now is we're going to be part of what I call a jokus group. Jokus. Like K-U-S? a focus group, but it's called a jokus. Oh, group. is it a C-K-U-S or K-U-S? I've never spelled it. Oh. Not even for your sales pitch literature or anything? I mean, I know I have a website because I hire a guy for that, but mm-hmm. I guess I could look it up real quick. I'm going to guess it's J-O-K-U-S. Because I think it would not make sense if it was a C. Mm-hmm. That's a good so, point. That's a good and point. And if it's not, by the way, it is tomorrow because uh, that's how Cram works. Um, so we're going to do a jokus group. I'll make explain a couple of the rules. You have been brought in. So let's pretend it's really happening. You have gone to the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Okay. You okay. maybe want to see a movie or buy a new pair of shoes or uh, maybe enjoy the Cheesecake Factory. And one of my associates has come up and said, would you like to make $50 for an hour of your time? Um, and these people who are chosen, we try to very much look for, are we checking our boxes? Are we covering a diverse, inclusive group of people? So now you've been brought into a room, there's a coffee and a Danish there. It's very mm-hmm. comfortable. Uh, right now I run all the jokus groups. So I come in, I introduce myself and I'm like, hey, we're going to uh, examine some comedy material. Mm-hmm. I also say, I don't want your names because this isn't about assigning blame or success. This is, we are a collective. So what I do throughout the process is I assign them code names. And sometimes they change because I wanna make sure 
when we look at the information at the end, we're not assigning one opinion to one person. So we have this rotation okay. of code names. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have an open dialogue. We have an open dialogue about the material, which is not mine. It is the material of million dollar, high end, high profile, white, middle aged, cisgender comics. Who Okay, so that's how you make your money, because obviously you might have anywhere between, I'm imagining, five to 15 mm -hmm. people. Yeah. That's 50 bucks a pop. It's costing you a lot, but you're getting some good amount of money from these I am these doing people. very well, Joe. I don't know if you can see, this is a two bedroom apartment in Studio City with one and a half baths. I can't see that. I can't see uh, all of that information. One and a half baths, Studio City, right near the LA River. Just curious, how does the one and a half work? It's just a toilet and a sink. Yeah, no shower. Uh -huh. I guess it could be just a shower and a sink, I think, or it could be just a shower and a toilet. But um, one of those three can't be involved for it to be a half bathroom. My understanding. Success yeah, in my eyes. Success in my eyes. So you're doing well. Yeah. Um, these clients, you have about 10 of them. So these are their jokes. Is it one client's jokes or is it several? I like to jokes? mix them all up because like we have a very, um, we have a conversation. So um, I have prepared a jokus group for you two uh, to be a part of. Uh, and right now we're just going to start... Um, uh, I would love it if, like, let's say you already got us in the mall, and now we're entering the room. Let's let's do a little bit of I that role play. Room. Let's say we are entering whatever conference room. Take it away, Cran. Mm -hmm. Hey, everyone. Uh, have a seat. Uh, so glad you could be part of tonight's Jokus group. We'll only be here for an hour. Um, right now, I'm going to ask you to get comfortable and get honest. There are no wrong answers here. Um, also, please do not exchange names. I will assign code names so that you can speak with complete anonymity and have your point of view represented without feeling implicated. Does that sound good to you too? I mean, yeah, I, I, it sounds to me, and I'm just saying as the uh, you know, host of this podcast, but also as the person in the Jokers group, I, it feels very professional. Oh, very you. professional. Well, this is my job. This is what yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, 50 so, bucks for an hour, too? Yeah. I'm happy. So, a young Dean. man, um, we're going to go um, Fleetwood. You are Fleetwood to start. Uh, we'll, I'm, I'm using a rotator, but you're Fleetwood. And, uh, okay. Miss, uh, you are uh, Grand Manier. So, Fleetwood and Grand Manier, that's just so you know, those are your code names. I want you to feel very comfortable. I'm going to start by, I'm going to uh, ask you to, usually I say raise your hand, but I realize we're on a podcast. So you might go um, check. If, if these apply mm -hmm. to you, I just want you to say check, all right? Mm -hmm. And right. It, one or all can apply, okay. Um, nothing offends me, I know it's a joke. Okay, so no checks there, interesting, all right. You can make any joke you want, but I'm going to let you know if I don't like it. Okay, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's some gray areas with these, to be honest. Gray, gray. Um, no right answers, uh, uh, um, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you can make any joke you want. I might not go out of my way to tell you I don't like it. Right. I might not. And I don't, don't want to personally hear a joke that is so bad that's going to make me uncomfortable. All that's right, this I is think. what we do. I, I'm not taking any of this personally. Why would I? <laughs> um, 
I don't believe in canceling, but I do believe in consequences. Um, check. Check. All right, Fleetwood. That's good. That's good. Actually, Fleetwood. Let's. Uh, I I've canceled Jeffrey Epstein and Harvey Weinstein and. So you do think so? Okay, great. Um, and then lastly, I live to see people with daring ideas fail. I guess that one would have to be a check for both of you because it's the last one and one of these have to apply. Well, that's a weird question. <laughs> it's Just like a weird like, statement. Live to see people with daring ideas fail. You could say check, please. But daring, what does that mean? Does that include all these uncomfortable jokes? that? And I me... live for it, like to see them <laughs> fail. I don't know if I live to see anybody fail. I live to see people make daring choices, but I don't know if I... I really appreciate you taking these questions seriously, you two. Um, okay, um, I have to do a rotator. So uh, Fleetwood, you are now snooze alarm. And Grand Manier, you are now mud slump. So, and this just helps name? you later, right? Because, like, because I we obviously know I'm Fleetwood. Like, she, later Sasha when knows. the uh, data is being examined by me switching the names, we are not saying like, "Oh, um, snooze alarm was a uh, bad." Uh huh. Yeah, but I then you could just that. delete the names from all comments. I mean, and it would do. I the guess same that thing. technology exists. I mean, that sounds like future technology to me. This rotating nickname thing seems much easier. I enjoyed the rotating. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't mean. I'm just. It's a good question, Joe. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm not a tech expert for sure. Mm -hmm. um, let's do yeah, one I more. I think round. it's a logic thing. We're gonna get to some actual jokes, but let's do one more round because I feel like we really haven't nailed who you two are. And just say check if it applies. Um, I am a confident adult who is not afraid to have my ideas challenged. Check. Check. All right. Oh, I like that. When I go to a comedy club, it's time to put on my big person pants. Hit me with your best shot. I'm not sure what that means. I'll say check. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say check, but the big pants a little, a little like, w what are you, what are you? Referring yeah, I'm not sure to? what you might mean by that, but okay. okay. All right, but those check. are checks, though, which checks. Uh, I think I'm. I'm I think I'm sort of getting a feel for you two, and I like what I'm getting. I like what I'm getting. I like my comedy feckless and gentle. What's feckless? Like toothless and weak and... No, no. No, so you would not check that. Who would? What kind of, what kind of person at an open mic watching an open mic would check that box? Not someone you'd want watching you. Yeah. Um, and wait, so these things, let's say I have three checks and, you know, three non-checks, that gets applied to me as the reviewer, but doesn't that mess with the results? Like, shouldn't you not want to know anything about us if our uh, results are then going to be Joe, we could, spend, we could spend two hours on this algorithm because these seem like good questions. I could spend conservatively two hours explaining this algorithm, but... To your point, yes, not only do we want you to be completely random, we want to identify you specifically as the kind of comedy person you are, and then we split the difference. I don't know if that helps. I'm, it doesn't. It doesn't, but I'm also, I, I would also like to say that I'm feeling these questions, are, they have a little bit of judgment behind them. Like they're trying to put me in the mm -hmm. box, like either like I'm with these man, huh. cis white man, uh, 
middle-aged men who are like about to make like this like very uh risky jokes or am i the person who's about to judge them like it's really trying to yeah it's one, it's one, one or the other, the other. every question yeah. yeah oh wow okay you know what um i mean i will say this that you know psychologists design these questions and so okay. i can't speak to exactly uh, i think your feelings are valid uh mud slump um and my name that, uh, if you're also feeling maybe that you're not fun enough that might be just something you take away from this on it's, your own am i mud slump i'm sorry yeah uh okay. you're mud slump and that's snooze alarm <laughs> but uh you guys did pretty well on those questions so uh, I, I want to do well. I, I want to do well uh, and give you what well? you want. I, 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 I give 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 uh, Cram what he wants. I think. Yeah. Guess what, Mud Slums? You're now Wolf Knight. I love that answer. <laughs> you are now Wolf Knight. So I like Wolf Knight. Wolf Knight love- and Snooze Alarm. Okay. I'm still Snooze Alarm. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's random. Ah, um, uh, seems like a little. So the bit random of a... actually, the, it was so random that I got the same one. <laughs> Um, well, that's the crazy thing. If you ever played roulette, sometimes it lands on 36 green twice. Why, why yeah, bother? True. Why bother? It's fine. There's an algorithm. It, yeah, it's fine. I'm just, you know, it's just, if I was there, I might be wondering these things. We so. are there. I'd say, I'd say enjoy your Danish snooze alarm and then just go for the ride. You made 50 free bucks. You can uh, head to the DW warehouse and pick up a pair of kicks after, you know, it's a good time. We're all having a good time. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to, I, I do want to move on. So what we're going to do now is kind of. This is like a word, almost like a word association meets joke test. These are all possible punchlines to jokes. And we're going to kind of, uh, we're going to say like, uh, yay or nay. So if you like, oh, that's got potential or nay, I don't think you should make that punchline. And then we, we'll, we might discuss. So right off the, the bat, we're going to go with, Grand theft autoimmune disease, yay or nay? Grand theft autoimmune disease. Uh, yeah, y- yay? Yay? I, I don't know this. I feel it's like it's so set up uh, driven. Not that. funny per se, but like specific. Yeah, okay. That's great. So you see like there's no offense. You're not like, well, I, not offended. I have asthma. I don't want to hear a joke about grand theft autoimmune disease. I love it. No, I think. As a person with an immune whatever syndrome yeah i'm fine i'm good yeah you I, and, and that's the thing you, you know uh you got your grown-up pants on and oh, they're, you're they're, they are pants. Uh-huh. They're, it's great uh uh guess what viper oh i'm sorry you thought you were snooze alarm you're viper now so we got viper okay and wolf knight congratulations wolf knight is my best name um, i've ever had <laughs> vaccine and not herd immunity vaccine and not herd immunity you could see where this could be a smart joke you can see. Um, yay? Yeah. Yay. Jerked I mean, chicken. Jerked chicken. Yay. Jerked yay. Chicken. Yeah, Love it. Great, right? These Love seem it. just like puns. Yeah, these You're are just like fun. puns yeah. on their own, mm-hmm. right? Like portmanteau jokes. And we're going to, you know, we're building up to some maybe more difficult ones. But right now we're having a good time. <laughs> um, bananas foster care. Bananas foster care. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't see we're why not. Time. We're, we're a bunch of people out say at an open mic having a good time just we're not we're not there to sort of attack somebody for taking a risk we're there to well um, are, we, are we about eventually to hear the setups for these jokes and then to see some of them these are really hurtful uh 
Wolf, Wolf Knight, these are great questions. And we will get to, uh, we're just kind of building your tolerance building. For, for jokes. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that's what's happening, but okay. It's like a warm-up comic on a, you know. I, I, I could see, show, I, I could know. see that, Joe. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I could see that. Viper. Viper. Um, nipple clamp joke with in a pinch as the punchline. So it's a nipple clamp joke. Sure. And in the punchline, somehow the payoff is, in a pinch. Yay. Yeah, yay. And th- these are like if we'd be offended or not, right? This is just like you're open to it or not. <laughs> okay. Um, open. Got it. Um, a Frankenstein porno called Nuts and Bolts. Yay. Would that be something? Yeah. That, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to get into some of these. Um, hand-me-down Le- syndrome. Hand-me-down syndrome. Yeah. Okay. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Non-binary creamer. I, I don't know. Yeah, like I don't have a, if it I don't up. have a problem with it. I just don't think it works quite the way like the others did. Joe, if it's Nate. a sex positive joke, if it's if it punches up and it's sex positive, non binary creamer. It's not about the, it's not about the content. It's about like the um, structure. Joe, if it's delivered by an ally. So no. If it punches up. It, it's smart, sex positive, and delivered by an ally, non-binary creamer. No, it's Nay. just that it's like dairy, nary. It just like, it's a little bit of a stretch for me. I'm but already, as far I'm already as like, concerned about this joke. Let's okay. I'm not you offended. I'm not offended by it or think there's any mm-hmm. problem with it. I just was like, that was the one where I'm like, okay, that feels a little lazy. Uh, wow. Okay, great. Um, okay, uh, note it. I don't know if that's you- what we're doing. Or you, if you it's both just are doing great. Um, That's good to know. Thank you for yeah, because we needed to check in and make sure we're doing great. So uh, just rant, so uh, Viper, you're now Scoot, and okay. Wolf Knight, you're now level zero. Oh. Okay, so just <laughs> this downgrade. Is just what happens. I feel there's like a little bit of a judgment going. Well, like it's not Wolf Knight. I was giving like. Honestly, I, was I don't know if you guys can see this. This is just a random, uh, random. I literally just see an iPhone with a dead screen. Yeah, you I, just I, put I, up I, an iPhone it, with a dead screen. It's so. uh, it's absolutely uh, this. This is also involved. It's just a that's random. a pl- like it's a wall charger, but right, we're gonna keep moving. Um, yeah. Um, okay. My name is Level Zero. Level keep Zero going. and Scoot. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Now we're getting to the tough stuff. Labia menorah, like the Jewish candles. Labia, like so. Yeah, I love it. Menorah, yeah. That's a that's a solid home run. Um, wh- where do you land on this level zero? <laughs> I'm gonna go with nay. All right, let me ask you something. What if it's pro Palestine? Nay. This labia I, menorah I, joke. I, why is this jokes about Palestine and Israel? Like I don't. What if it's pro Israel? So it can be either. N- if Either it was pro-Israel or pro-Palestine, would Labia Menorah... I'm not like going to show my affiliation candle? here. It's it's a nay either way. Mm, okay, fair, fair enough. I, I will, I'm against both. You, a lot of people are either pro-Palestine or pro-Israel. I'm, I'm against both. Wow, that seems like you have some side. Um, okay, uh, two more of these and then we're going to move on to the next category. Um, Great. Hashtag me toot. Nay. Uh, okay, let me just give you a possible punchline for this, uh, a possible setup. Um, I was in an airplane, 
and someone farted in my face. Hashtag me toot. Now, I, I mean, I don't think that punchline's very funny. I'm fine with the uh, hashtag me too. I actually think that setup does not do justice to the reference of me too. Well, me, the me too movement, which is what I think you're huh. trying to reference with that joke. It just sounds like you're saying me too, the general common phrase, and then adding T to make it toot. Wow. Um, that's a lot of analysis on a joke someone worked very hard on. Thank you. Um, who, who worked on this joke? You walked on this. What? Well, well, like you, a, a famous. These are all your movie. jokes. Are there That's any other right. people? Are you the person who picked us up at the Galleria? Listen, um, my associate picked you up at, at the Galleria, and these are jokes written by very successful comics. We're just trying to sharpen the edges. So you know, not- we live in Hollywood, Joe and I. Like when somebody says very successful, like we better hear some names, otherwise we'll be the judge of it. How I, successful. I'll, I'll give you some details, like. I'm talking successful, like they have a Bugatti parked next to a Land Rover and they go on at the Laugh Factory at 10.30. Successful. I mean, that is that is successful. I don't see why those people have to do this you know, and are coming up with basically It's dangerous jokes. out there. You, you, uh, it's dangerous to go out and put your heart on the line and have people reject you. And so they're just like, save us that humiliation, uh, Cram. And you kind of, you go out there and you talk to these people. And by the way, I'm, I might seem agitated. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. I didn't even, con- I did not label it. you as agitated. Yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I don't know if we are. I mean, I might I, seem furious. I am having the time of my life. If uh, I were to what? read your micro expressions, I would say you're beyond yourself. Uh, I am getting a lot of great data. This is a wall charger. You just holding up yeah i'm not sure you know what so that I was equipment here um all right last one and then we're going to move on to some jokes uh you're doing great both of you uh scoot level zero uh you are doing excellent hashtag black loaves matter so not Ooh. lives yeah black loaves matter i think i think it's i don't I think it's fine. I think you're going to get most people not really liking that, but what? Okay. I think it's possible fine. setup. I think rye bread doesn't get the credit it deserves. Hashtags black loaves matter. Yeah. I mean, I have no problem with it as far as uh, offending or anything. Just, I think it's, I think people made that joke maybe five years ago. It's kind of, wow. Okay. My issue. I'm going to go with nay. Uh, let me just throw something out. What if the person telling you this joke voted for Obama both terms? Yeah, I don't see that changing anything for me. How about you, Sasha? Yeah. You're the no, no, no. Huge I mean, outspoken proponent of Barack Obama makes this joke. No, I mean, because it's like saying I have I have black friends or something. It's like, I, I don't care. Like, I don't know what the context is. Wow, okay. I just, yeah. I just well, I care if people uh, take the time to have black friends. Like, I, think, I don't think again, that's what she was saying. Cram talking. That's that not. This is a uh, okay. Well, um, okay. Yeah, great. You know what? You did both great. Let me see. Oh, check it out. Randomizer time. Um, okay. Flop sweat. That's a uh, that's who scoot scoot your flop sweat. And who was scoot? Uh, scoot you. Were you were scoot. I was scoot. Okay. Your flop sweat now. And level zero. Um, <laughs> let's just call you. Blip. 
Okay. Why have the randomizer right. if you're going to make them up? That was not a randomizer up? just now. Yeah, why that have it if you thought about it? Says it, it. it on the randomizer. Cram, you looked at the ceiling. You darted your eyes right and left in panic, trying to figure out how to come up with the most offensive term. And you said blah, which is fine. But it just feels definitely directed. Like, it just, like, I, it doesn't hurt my feelings, but I feel like... Uh, Scoot slash, I don't know what's your new name. Wouldn't you say that it feels like there's flop a bit of a sweat. judgment? He's, he's, that's flop, flop sweat. sweat. It did. It just because it felt like you made that I, one I don't up. Know. I know we're on a podcast, but at least be honest with your audience. I'm holding up a randomizer right now. You're holding a up a dead iPhone with a like a wall charger attached. Yeah, it's to even it. connected to the wall charger, but the wall charger is not connected to anything. Hey, and I think what? the phone is dead. I only have an hour yeah. of your time. I'm so excited for you two to be here. I wish we could. This is great stuff. It's all been it's all been written down in a note. Like we are excited about your points of view. So, but we need to move on because we've got one more. Uh, we got oh, one yes, more piece of this puzzle. Please, um, please. So now, as you see, I'm going to be putting on this. Uh, I'm going to put on this mask of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, I want you now to receive these jokes as if they are being told to you by former Supreme Court Justice, rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I need you to be like, if I was at an open mic and Ruth Bader Ginsburg mm. was up there, how would I have reacted to these jokes? Oh, is that how I'm reacting? If it's really her saying these jokes or somebody it's, impersonating her? Okay, let me just put it this way. You're at, you're at, you're at an Applebee's in Encino, let's just say. You're at yeah, there's no way I would buy that uh, Like somebody... like. Yeah, the deceased. Would be there. Yeah. yeah. So this is uh, like again, this was, years ago. This is pretend this was like when uh, she was as ha the healthiest. You're at this Applebee's. It's happy hour. You're celebrating getting this huge <laughs> contract for uh, a company in the medical industry uh, adjacent. Mm -hmm. um, and you're like, oh, there's an open mic, and you go over and you're like, I want to have a good time because I like to laugh. And Ruth Bader. Ginsburg walks up so as a, just like just so this mask is only here so that you can really just visually imagine Ruth Bader Ginsburg said these jokes and I'm curious if it changes how you respond to them. Yeah, the mask is a little distracting because it's not, like have you, you left it in the sun or something because it's like cracked and I don't dusting. have a color printer. Okay, I, I'm doing well, but I don't have a color printer. So mm -hmm. I had to go to Ray's copy, which is around the corner from my house. And I, mm -hmm. he left it near the door because I was running late. So it's a little sunburned. But pretend this is, don't think of it like as Ruth Bader Ginsburg right. at the end of her life. This is when things were going really well. Uh, right. Okay, so, so again. It's 1990, maybe. It's 1990. Okay, it's 1990. She's healthy. It's really her. It's not somebody pretending to be her. or No, like, I just have this mask on to help you two out. All right. Thank you for that. Um, yeah context okay and uh hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna get behind i'm gonna pull out this mic also that's okay with you guys it's not real um mm -hmm. but maybe it'll give you the sense that you're at this applebee's open mic uh fresh off this celebration of a huge contract uh hypothetically mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. i'm not going to do a ruth bader ginsburg voice because i think that's where i get in trouble so i'm just gonna use my voice yeah should i use that's an it. old person mm -hmm. voice would that help you two out no, I think it's really up to you. I, I don't think you should be asking the subjects. All right. Okay, right. Yeah. You just give the audience what you think they need. Like, do Flop this like sweat, you would. Good point. Flop sweat, good point. Um, I'll do an old person voice, but I will not do an old Jewish person's voice. Okay. 
Fair enough. <laughs> I ate so much pussy that my voice changed. I think I have a yeast inflection. Right? Yeah. I mean, I have no problem uh, with it. I'd be more shocked that she's... That? It's, I wouldn't like call it like um, a funny joke, to be honest. But I would be like, whoa, she is fucking... Just doesn't Your mind would be blown. That's the my thing I don't would, understand about Fox Supreme blown. Court Justice just walked up at an open mic in her 70s and drops a pussy joke. You'd be losing your mind. I would be... Right. Yeah. Shocked. I just don't get the... I'm a little confused what how this helps one of your clients. Because it's about, it's about subverting what people expect via presentation. Like... I guess the point is, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg can do this, a woman of great means and wealth, uh, then I guess my client, a middle-aged, white, cisgender, straight man, probably should be able to do this joke at an open mic. Right, that doesn't really work, because the example's so extreme. It's like if I said, hey, what if a dog went on stage and said, knock, knock, who's there? Orange, orange, you glad to see me? That's a really, like stupid joke but the fact that a dog said it would be amazing but that doesn't mean that it uh gives everybody else the right to i'm taking that this joke mask off because i can barely breathe i'm taking this mask so now right. just imagine okay I, I i i'm sorry i'm sorry i have to I, I don't understand why we need to create this other character of ruth gainsburg saying this joke is it because we're afraid that Nobody would like this joke otherwise because this no joke is scared. so bad. Nobody's scared. You're yelling. You're screaming. I'm sorry. You know what? Just know that these rooms that we use at the Sherman Oaks Galleria are huge. So that's just that's just me projecting because it's a huge You're used room. To that. So. Yeah, I just don't understand the methodology. I would see it more as like, hey, here's a bunch of jokes, period, just blank. No uh, person associated with them, no uh, history, no voice. Are these funny or not? I understand, Joe. Right? I, and, and, and Joe, actually, to be clear, I'm, I'm breaking character. I'm not calling you a flop sweat right now because I, oh, I want yeah. to make a serious point. I think the points you make are very salient, but I have to tell you, that's not how jokist groups work. Okay? There's only like, one. There's a science to like keeping you off balance. So right now, I'm, I agree. Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing, I don't think it was a total success. We do try stuff. Let's just pretend right now I'm a, a Vietnam vet who was sitting outside the Applebee's and, and like have came in just for a couple dollars to just get something at the 7-Eleven, saw the open mic and this sort of dirty, mangy you know, person who's been left behind by their government walks up on stage and tells this joke. And like, how would we react? Okay. 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 Uh, did you know there was a time when painters only used menstrual blood? It was called the period period. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think that's funny. It's also the vet. Like, how did you feel seeing this person that you thought like had nothing going on for them? Like when well, they I've, took the stage. I've, you know, they've just been begging for money outside and they just drop this bomb. 
that's happened to me. In fact, many homeless people have come up to me and said a dirty joke or an offensive joke that was funny. I think that's actually, you know, fairly commonplace. Speaking of menstrual blood and homeless people, I have a friend who was assaulted by a homeless person smearing her menstrual blood on his face. Jesus. (laughs) Was it funny? No. Just just putting a, a few specifics together in the real story. Wow, I don't know. You really stymied me with that. <laughs> like, I did not see that coming. Um, it's it's a thing. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I don't know if I love the joke um, incredibly. But you think, though, that, like, if an open it's mic all right. audience heard that joke, knowing it's an yeah. open mic where you're there to test material, that and it's, you said it's a uh, camaraderie in the room of, like, oh, that's pretty fun. That's like a, like, as a group, no matter how we look or where we're from or our life experience as a community, you'd be no. like, let's cheer this guy on. Obviously he's never done an open mic before. No, well, I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't know. You're, don't, you're putting a lot into this scenario in person that I don't know if that's, it's a lot to ask. If for it's that joke. really helping. Uh, you know yeah, what? I think it's a fun joke. Okay, hold on. I like the period, period punchline. Period, yeah. period. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid punchline. Certainly shouldn't mm-hmm. be shit upon by a bunch of people drinking margaritas at 6.30 in the afternoon. Mm. Are these jokes that you did? What? What's that? Sorry. Are these jokes that you did that night at the open mic? That's, uh, I, as I said at the beginning of this, am a retired stand. I run these jokes groups for wealthy successful these are jokes written by masters of the craft and to follow up with joe's question um are you testing out whether these recycled jokes from that devastating experience would land better if a you pretend to be either a veteran or wear a mask of ruth ginsburg hope in hopes of making somebody laugh that is such no offense but but that is such a long walk. What you just put together. I mean, that is. It was a lot. It's a lot of words. Is, I agree. QAnon level conspiracizing. To if if, you, if I'm being honest, I don't want to be. That's like for you to patch these things together in a row. It's like that is very much Pizzagate action for me personally. I don't think so. Like I don't even know how some of these connect. The idea that I told you a story about a failed open mic, immediately opened a business that told jokes. And somehow those are my jokes from the failed open mic. It's like those three things do not go together. They really do. I mean, I don't know if they're true, but they really do. Just the way you're at the, you're so defensive of the jokes. You know what? Is what I'm going to take, I'm gonna take control of this again. Um, uh, okay. Now, uh, flop sweat. You are simp scampy. You are simp, simp scampy, scampy like fun. shrimp scampy, but simp scampy. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you are who cares? So you are. So it's simp scampy, and who cares? Okay. Uh, and we're gonna just, we're gonna go back to one more. Now that we've had a little chance, uh, we're gonna go back. Um, and again, I'm not even gonna let you. Just raise your hand if you agree with one or more of the following. That's all. Are you that desperate for validation that you created this one man business where you pay people? Cost pay people to give you feedback so desperately hoping for validation i i have two tandem parking spots under this building i what does that okay. mean this is a gated underground parking garage and i have two tandem spots i have two bedrooms one and a half mm-hmm. baths 
and a patio big enough for a barbecue and a small dog bed and an inversion table for my back. So I don't think that sounds like a desperate person. But validation I, has nothing to do with material wealth, does yeah. it? Yeah, I, I, I like have a question. I like, if people don't laugh at my jokes, I love it. I don't think you do. I have a question. Can you tell, let's pause the um, the role play of your, your so you're session. You're just Joe and uh, Sasha right now. You are not we're just Joe and, S- and who cares? <laughs> yeah, back to the podcast. Okay. Um, can you share one or maybe a couple of the jokes you said during the open mic, the infamous open mic? Do you guys really want to hear some? Because I mean, I happen to have them on this computer. Again, let's keep in mind, Applebee's 630. People have had some drinks. You know, this isn't the Apollo. Um, you know, it's essentially a mic set up in front of a jukebox. You know, like their uh, standards should be low. But here, here are a couple of them. Should I just really get behind them, Joe, or should I just say them? I mean, let's kind of do what you did that night. The, uh, do it. I, mean, the I barely remember it. You have them written down, though. Hey, everybody, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah, crazy, crazy. You enjoying those drinks? <laughs> yeah, well, you enjoy them more now than later. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of us are here to celebrate, but some of us are here because we're not having the best day, right? You don't go to a bar because you're having the best day all the time. I'm here to celebrate my industrial medical waste business, which uh, takes care of medical waste in a fun way. I don't want to get into it, but uh, we just got a big contract. But sometimes I go to a bar because I'm upset. That's okay, right? That's what alcohol's for. But I'll tell you, I've got a little trick. This is a little secret I'm going to give you. If you're upset on how to sort of get through it, and maybe not necessarily get an alcohol addiction. Um, I have a Zippo lighter. So you see it right here? I have the Zippo. I will just go in the bathroom and I'll uh, put it right between my ass cheeks. Because uh, that way I know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Okay, so I hate a, a lot of that. And the least bad part is the punchline. I think to go to an open mic at a bar and start, you know, talking so negatively about everybody's situation and... Uh, you should like, have hey. seen this group, Joe. They look like a bunch of a bunch of sacks of shit. That doesn't matter. Munching on like chicken fingers. It's like I, I could have counted the coronary heart disease. So I, I think that's where you failed it, just by that. And you seemed very well rehearsed with those portions of it. So I don't know what that was about. And I find it weird that you have several multi-million dollar clients who all seem to like these same style of pun jokes because a lot of what uh comedy is these days stand-up comedy is long-form storytelling uh it's there's not many comedians mitch hedberg types who are just doing these one and two punches of jokes you might find uh, on a list of a hundred on the internet i'm gonna you know what just because i do feel like there's this recurring theme that maybe i'm full of shit I am going to reveal one of my clients right now. And it Seems is someone unethical. who is a great storyteller who now is trying to reform their image and go out there with some faster, funnier jokes. Mm-hmm. And you might have heard of this person because they're one of the most famous people in the world. But um, Bill Cosby is one of my clients. So I if- don't think that's true. I, I, even if it were true, I mean, it. We can't even address whether what or not it's true. What would be wrong true. with it if it were true, Joe? 
that I have one of the most famous comedians in the world paying me six. We can't even get there. We can't even get to what if it was true because it's just not. It's simply not true. He wouldn't be saying those jokes. So you have a problem with America's dad. Is that what's going on? I mean, Cram, I don't know if you know, Cram, but he's not been... He's not been America's dad for a while now. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> I, I I can only imagine that you don't read internet. Um, but he's been canceled for raping people. And you know what? I hate the word canceled. Because, <laughs> no, he was criminally charged. He wasn't uh, you're right. canceled. He was you're right. criminally I, I, charged. He's in jail right now. He's in jail right now. I think well, that's where things get a little <laughs> spotty. Yeah. He was recently, he was recently released on a technicality. And I should say that I which you know. was stuck in my head. That's why I said it. But you're right, Joe. He's a criminal offender. Yeah. So I don't think that's one of your clients. And I think for you to reveal your secret client list just to save face is actually pretty shitty. There's a lot of layers here. Like, even if it is true, it's really bad. Look, Joe, what I see here is pain. Pain in front of us. Human existence. All right. There is a person who came on our podcast who wants to be loved and he wants attention, love, acceptance. But that's maybe the wrong way to go about it is to fake your way in with this business that may or may not exist. And also, like, what kind of business? Who's making money here? I still don't know. I, I, I think it's a midlife crisis. And you wish you were always an artist, Cram, but that never happened. You never dedicated your life to it. So you're proud. You're proud that you've achieved what you think is sustainable wealth which i mean it's i guess you you're living good life compared to most struggling artists and um you you think that there's a shortcut to get audiences love by testing out your jokes because when you tried them the first time they didn't land but there's no shortcut there's no shortcut you have to hone your craft like anybody else. And it's okay to start when you're 64. That's okay. But you can't, you can't fake your way in. Louis C.K. He's another one of my clients. No, he's not. No, he doesn't need you. Where, what list were you reading him? Where is the list that inspired you to give these people's names? Did you just uh, grab a random list on the internet, which was probably the list of most recent criminal yeah, I, don't, I, like, I like looking at lists, comedy. but only titles and pictures. So, like, I like the experience of scrolling a list on my phone, but only the big font and the picture. So, um, wow, this is... So- are, you, are you lonely? I, um recently divorced um what's recent six months ago <laughs> so things kind of i don't i don't think things have been going well since that event have they my wife was um she was she, my wife had the idea ex-wife i have to say 
she had the idea of going into industrial medical waste and I had the idea of doing it in a fun way. So like we were so kind of a perfect match, you know, we, mm. she was the safety. You were the fun. Yeah. The risk. I was the, I was the risk taker. <sighs> I feel like, I feel like there's a huge rock on my chest right now. Well, you know, it always feels worse before it gets better. It's only been six months since when I would um, unclinically diagnose as a mental breakdown. Extando. I think it's still. Yeah, resonates. yeah, it, we're still in it. This is part of it. I um aftershocks. I don't know. I, I often feel like I went in. Um, I went in for an X because I've had such trouble breathing. I went in for an X-ray the other day. Mm. And because uh, I was like, you know what? What are you doing with your life, Cram? You're Cram Dobson. What are you doing? You're mm -hmm. the man. And uh, mm -hmm. they told me everything was fine. And I said, I'd like a second opinion. So I asked for extra copies of the x-ray. And the technician said, trust me, you don't want two more. Two more? Ah. Like a... Like a tumor? Yeah. Um, X-rays won't usually show a tumor. Right, because it's only... It's an MRI will show soft tissue. No, no. I, I think of it like two more because I asked for extra copies. Okay. So it's worse. It's not... So, um, Crayon, <laughs> I think... Do you... Um, hold on real quick. Um, Are you just Asher, spitting did you out? Did you get that one? I, I I got the two more part, but um, two more. Yeah. Like I don't know why you why you did that right now. I don't know. <laughs> like why I think you... it's a desperate. It's, it's like grasping onto straws as you're drowning. It but I think you it, just have to yeah. let yourself feel the feelings. I, I don't, think crying I, is better than doing those jokes right now. Yeah, I think you need. I don't really know what he needs to do from this point on. <gasps> I, I think crying is part of it. <gasps> You know, I don't know if you should continue even pursuing comedy. I think um, something else is going on. It almost feels irresponsible to even air something like this. But I think we have a schedule, a release schedule. We have to, we have to do these episodes. Um, would and you put guys them out at least? Audience, would so. you make me a promise? And would you go through? And would you just wherever it's applicable, change my name to Thram Dollopson? No. I, I think that Just would go be in, really Sasha, you can, I don't care what it sounds like, but if every time someone says cram, myself included, you say thram, and that way I have like some plausible deniability about doing the making an ass of myself. I wouldn't I'd feel good of, about that because you're, you're doing, I would maybe consider if you vowed to never do comedy or your business ever again. Or take care of yourself, like uh, medically, emotionally, mentally. For at least a year, what it, what it seems like as a yes, good start. Yeah, it, more time than you spent doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, more than six months. You know, I I hate to have to get to this portion, but we're gonna have to get to the rating <laughs> of section of risky comedy. Now, Cran, you might not know this, you might not have listened to the show, but we're gonna rate risky comedy on a scale of zero to ten using something else as a reference. Such as clean comedy is a 10. Mm -hmm. I think risky comedy is a 2. Or you could even use something like cookies. Cookies are an 8 
Risky Comedy is a 10. And if that doesn't make sense, I'll go first. Uh, Risky Comedy, I do like Risky Comedy. I think um, there are things socially that we know are bad. Like a white guy saying the N-word is just bad. There's, You're not really going to make that funny. Um, I'd say in 99.9% of the cases. So that's not risky comedy to me, to somebody to try to do something like that. But I think when we're generally talking about risky comedy, great. And I think I'll rate it up against clean comedy. I think clean comedy is a six. I think there's always going to be a place for it, a need for it. And I'm going to say risky comedy is a nine. I do enjoy some risky comedy. I think we get more out of it. So I just got a 9 out of 10. Not you. The concept of risky comedy. I don't think you should be attaching yourself to this stuff anymore. I needed that W. No, I don't think you should be. I'm worried that we are reinforcing the wrong thing. Yeah, I'm trying to do do what we do. But Sasha, why don't we have you go? Let's see if we can clean this up. Risky comedy. I agree completely with Joe in terms of some things just being taboo for the good reason. Um, but we take risky comedy where it's like we are uh, risky, but we're not uh, attacking um, people who should not be attacked. Um, an eight. And, um, you know, a safe a safe Jerry Seinfeld type of jokes are, I agree with Joe, it's, it's a six. It's a six. So eight There's out of ten for cram, so that's another dinger over the fence. Is that correct? I mean, if you if you got an eight for me, that would be amazing. But I am risk I am rating risky comedy in general. Yeah, more again, importantly, not you. again, Cramp. More more importantly, what is what is your take on risky comedy in relation to anything else in life um, on a ten scale? Thank you. And by the way, uh, Joe and Sasha, I want to thank you. I know I had some less than admirable moments in the last hour. And I think both of you uh, held your composure. You were, you have integrity and uh, I never felt attacked. So Cram's always learning. Um, I guess I will rate this on a scale of how currently people are dealing with industrial medical waste. That's a, comes a surprise, but I'm fascinated. Uh, yeah, anything. I said it could be anything. Mm-hmm. You did. You said anything. So I'm going to give it a six because I feel like what's wrong with that industry is they have found some very good safety protocols that get rid of medical waste in a way that risks almost no danger to the people moving it or the places that it's stored. But it loses four points because it's just not fun. Fun about it. Right. Like there's just this is a missed opportunity to that have some, like, some some good times and like that sounds like something you were telling your wife your wife a year ago. But anyway, okay. And on that scale, on that comparing scale. risky comedy to industrial medical waste removal, <laughs> I'd have to give me a nine out of ten. I give Cram a nine out of ten for having No, that's courage. not what we're Again, that's not what we're doing. But, but you know, if sometimes it's like nobody's going to give love to you. You give love to yourself. At the end of the day, I remember an old proverb that Mitt Ratchum, that was the guy who got me into business, told me, which was, 
He said, Cram, what has two thumbs and always pokes himself in the eyes? This guy, ow! Well, we started talking about thinkers and how you're a thinking comedian. I wish more of that would have come up. (laughs) Come back, Cram. Come back with more. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you not doing anything even adjacent to this and what you're doing right now. That's how I want to hear from you. I'm going to come back to this podcast in one calendar year. Yeah, I I want to hear about your experiences from today and a year from now. I I actually really do. Um, We're friends, the three of us. Yeah, I'm brief friends. Yeah, I got two friends. So. Thank you, Cram um, Dollopson, for coming onto this podcast. Joe, is there anything you'd like to, I'm afraid to ask, plug? Um, you know, just real quick, go check out my movie review podcast, Beat It Movie Review. It's really um, hard to do this over quiet sobbing, but uh, the Beat It Movie Review. Also, check out JoeCabea.com. I just released a new pin and a new enamel pin that's a Death Stranding Amazing. pin mixed with Bottoms Up, my comic book. So you can get the pin and the OG comic book. OG design. Great Very design. OG. So go check it out. And um, we're crying. Cram, any final words, quick uh, plugs or anything? Just take care of yourselves out there. All right. Thank you, Elizabeth Sood, for artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing song. And thank you for listening. <laughs>